Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. And I'm Kim Roberts in for Natasha Smith coming to you from South Lake, Texas. And we'd like to welcome you to the Ministry Watch podcast. On today's program, popular televangelist Andrew Womack is trying to get out of a deal uh, that his ministry made with a Colorado city. We begin today with the story of a missionary airplane that makes vital trips to Haiti, the Bahamas, and the Dominican Republic. It was recently attacked and burned. Yeah, the plane was owned by Agape Flights, which is a Florida ministry founded in 1980 that shuttles mail, medicine, cargo, relief supplies, and other resources back and forth between Florida and those islands. But one of its planes won't be flying anymore. It was burned in Haiti by demonstrators protesting the country's increasing violence and kidnappings, which had increased 180 percent in 2021 alone, according to a report from Florida TV station WWSB. The plane was a Piper Chieftain, and it was in Lacay on Haiti's southern coast when the demonstrators attacked. Seven Agape flight employees are safe and staying with missionaries until they can safely leave the country. Yeah, violent demonstrations and riots um, often accompany the signing of Haiti's 1987 constitution. Conditions are even more tense this year following two tragedies in 2021 that many of our listeners have probably heard about, Kim. An August earthquake that killed more than 2,000 people and the July killing of President Jovenel Moise. Uh, His murder has not yet been solved, and citizens complain that his successor, Prime Minister Ariel Henry, has proven himself to be unable to control the nation's gangs. I understand there's a lot of frustration in the country because of the poor conditions. But Agape Flights was one of those trying to bring relief. Do you know why a missionary plane was attacked? Well, a missionary uh, that actually took the Agape Flights uh, staff members in said that the attack on the plane may have been a case of mistaken identity by frustrated citizens. Uh, The people of Haiti are mad that the roads are being blocked by gangs. You often have to pay sort of a toll to get through the roads. The only way to travel to the southern part of the country is by air. And they just automatically assume that the airlines uh, control the gangs and are profiting off of these insecurities. Now, Agape's plane happened to be at the wrong place at the wrong time. And we also are hearing from other sources that some thought it might have been a politician's plane. Well, a fundraising campaign has already begun to replace the plane. Yeah, that's right. But a used Piper Chieftain costs more than $300,000. So this will be a pretty heavy lift for Agape Flights, which is not a huge ministry. In fact, in 2020, it did about $3.5 million in uh, revenue. I should add, by the way, that Ministry Watch has written about Agape Flights in the past, and I should add positively. We've written positively about them. And if you'd like to know more about this group, you can Go to ministrywatch.com and just type Agape Flights into our search engine and the story will pop right up. TV preacher Andrew Womack is looking to get out of a tax abatement deal it made with the city of Woodland Park, Colorado. 
Yeah, Andrew Womack, as many of our listeners may know, is a popular prosperity gospel preacher who has built a $99 million campus for Karis Bible College in Woodland Park, Colorado, which is just up U.S. 24 for some of my Colorado friends, right outside of the town of Colorado Springs. Uh, Womack now wants to tear up an agreement that he made with the city about a decade ago to build campus student housing as a taxable private enterprise. That according to an article by Debbie Kelly for the Gazette in Colorado Springs. Karis filed paperwork requesting a change in the 2012 agreement on March 22nd, 2022, weeks before construction was to begin on housing scheduled to open for students in 2023. Yeah, and they really do need housing up there, by the way. Uh, it's uh, kind of, it's pretty far outside of Colorado Springs and not a remote community, but uh, one that uh, can't really accommodate all the students up there. Uh, Walmack doesn't want to pay property taxes on the entire 500-acre campus that houses Karis, uh, which uh, also includes a broadcast ministry and nearly a dozen affiliated organizations and businesses, including Truth and Liberty Coalition, which is a 501c four, not C3, but C4 political organization that he founded back in 2017. Uh, Womack's operations generate revenue for local governments and businesses, but the local fire district, whose annual budget is funded from property tax revenue, has opposed the plan for his campus development uh, because of the strain that it would put on extra services for the community, which has about 8,000 people. Karis has 837 full-time students, and Womack says his operation will employ 1,453 people by 2030. It generated more than $100 million in revenue in 2021. Yeah, that's right. And uh, even though the ministry has been around since 1978, these numbers that you just mentioned, Kim, are a little bit eye-popping because just a few years ago, uh, the ministry was doing only about $2 million a year, not the $100 million a year uh, that it's doing now. Uh, it, what happened was that it went on to television. TV has propelled this rapid growth. Uh, the ministry has declined to release an audited financial report since 2019 when revenue was about $68 million. Uh, that's the same year that the ministry underwent a corporate reorganization into a new parent company named New Life Association Incorporated and Affiliates. And by the way, I should mention that our Colorado Springs-based reporter, Steve Raby, has actually written a number of stories about that reorganization and uh, some of the deals and dealings that Andrew Womack Ministries has had over the last decade or so. It's pretty eye-opening, and I recommend that our listeners check it out. So what happens next with this tax deal? Well, Womack's request to revise the 2012 deal uh, will be addressed at a June city council meeting in Woodland Park, Colorado. If construction begins before the issue is resolved, the student housing will, in fact, be taxed per the original agreement. Well, Warren, let's look at one more story before we go to our first break. It's a story from Canada that we've been following for a while. An archbishop in the Anglican Church of Canada has resigned due to, and these are the words of a statement that they released, acknowledged sexual misconduct. That archbishop is Mark McDonald, and his resignation announced on Wednesday is effective immediately. Now, McDonald was a significant figure because he was 
the indigenous Anglican Archbishop of the Anglican Church of Canada, and has been in that role since 2019. He became the denomination's first indigenous Anglican bishop back in 2007, giving him oversight of indigenous members of that denomination. And he had previously been a bishop uh, in Alaska of the Episcopal Church there from 1997 until 2007. Warren, we need to take a break. When we return, big changes at the missions organization, Missio Nexus. I'm Kim Roberts, along with my co-host, Warren Smith, and we'll be back after this short break. Hello everyone, I'm Brittany with Save the Storks. Save the Storks is a pro-life ministry passionate about inspiring the world to reimagine the pro-life movement by serving and valuing every life. Save the Storks partners with pregnancy centers all across the U.S. to own and operate a stork bus to offer free ultrasounds and pregnancy tests to women in unplanned pregnancies. Stork buses park near college campuses, abortion clinics, shopping centers, and serve rural communities that lack medical care. Save the Storks is pleased to be the sponsor of the Ministry Watch podcast. For more information about our life-saving organization and how we partner with pregnancy resource centers around the country, go to savethestorks.com. That's savethestorks.com. Welcome back. I'm Kim Roberts, along with my co-host, Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Our next story is about the missionary organization, Missio Nexus. Yeah, Missio Nexus is a membership association uh, for mission organizations that was uh, formed in 2012. Its president, Ted Esler, likened it to a trade association. It works to stimulate relationships and ideas that encourage collaboration among its members. And it began with the merger of two predecessor missionary groups, Interdenominational Foreign Missions Association and Evangelical Fellowship of Mission Agencies. Well, I did the reporting on this story, and Ted Esler told me that over the years, the organization's activities have evolved. Yeah, back in 2018, in part as a response to rising health care costs, it began offering health plans to its member organizations. Its members were more than 300 missions organizations that represented more than 50,000 missionaries and support staff. Some of the largest missions-focused ministries in the world are members of Missio Nexus, including Wycliffe Bible Translators, Pioneers, Mission to North America, and Crew. It also has 91 member churches. Yeah, one of the biggest challenges its members face is acquiring health insurance. So in 2018, the group founded Missio Benefits. The program was popular, and within a year and a half, one-third of the membership had enrolled. However... The group, Missio Nexus, pretty quickly discovered that providing self-funded health coverage may have been more than they could manage. Starting in March of 2021, the claim runs began to outstrip projected reserves. And by July of that year, the group decided it had better stop providing the service. Yeah, it informed its constituency of the situation and provided a path for new coverage uh, to a group called Guidestone. 
Guidestone is a faith-based investment firm that also provides health plan coverage to individuals and groups. Guidestone got its start more than 100 years ago as the benefits and retirement arm of the Southern Baptist Convention, but now others can participate. In fact, I should say in a spirit of full disclosure that one of my personal retirement accounts is with Guidestone. So the program is in good hands now, or so it would appear, but what about Missio Nexus? Will it be able to pay all the claims against its fund? That's a good question. In 2020, over $12 million of Missio Nexus's revenue was expended on the self-insurance premiums and medical claims. It will continue to pay claims until November 1st, 2022, Esler said, through a reserve that it funded before it closed the program. Yeah, so I guess we won't know about the final disposition of Missio benefits for probably another year or so. Well, Warren, our next story concerns Ukraine. Before we get into it, I should acknowledge that we've done a lot of stories on Ukraine and how Christian groups have come to the aid of Ukrainians. So what's new now? Well, an interesting story about a Russian language church in Anchorage uh, that has people from both Russia and Ukraine as members. Uh, It's called New Chance Christian Church. It's a Pentecostal congregation that conducts Sunday services in Russian with an English translation. Now, the church is united in prayer for peace, and they are actively involved in relief efforts for the people of Ukraine, which is interesting because, as I said, there are a lot of Russian folks that are members of that congregation. It's a fascinating story by Bobby Ross, who contributes frequently to Ministry Watch. He was in Anchorage recently, and this story really shows the power of boots-on-the-ground reporting, and I really recommend it to you. And we have yet more news from Hillsong. Yeah, we do. Uh, Josh and Leona Kimes, the co-pastors of Hillsong Boston, announced on Monday that the two have made the difficult decision to resign. Uh, Again, that was a quote from the statement that they released. The announcement of their departure comes a week after the results of an investigation into Hillsong, New York City, where the couple worked previously, were made public. The Kimes departure is the most recent in a slew of upheavals at the global megachurch and multimedia empire, including the resignation two weeks ago of its global senior pastor, Brian Houston, after allegations of sexual misconduct. Yeah, Hillsong was co-founded by Houston in Australia nearly 40 years ago, and the church has grown to some 30 locations uh, before scandal closed a number of locations here in the United States. Josh and Leona Kimes helped launch Hillsong New York City under now-disgraced former Pastor Carl Lentz before leaving New York City to plant the Boston campus, and now they say they're just ready for a fresh start. Josh Kimes did not give a reason for their resignation, but apologized for any part that he played in, again, from their statement, perpetuating a culture that at times valued the building of the church at the expense of those building it. Warren, we're going to take another break. When we return our weekly lightning round of Ministry News of the Week, I'm Kim Roberts with my co-host Warren Smith. More in a moment. Hello, everyone. I'm Brittany with Save the Storks. Save the Storks is a pro-life ministry passionate about inspiring the world to reimagine the pro-life movement by serving and valuing every life. 
Save the Storks partners with pregnancy centers all across the U.S. to own and operate a stork bus to offer free ultrasounds and pregnancy tests to women in unplanned pregnancies. Stork buses park near college campuses, abortion clinics, shopping centers, and serve rural communities that lack medical care. Save the Storks is pleased to be the sponsor of the Ministry Watch podcast. For more information about our life-saving organization and how we partner with pregnancy resource centers around the country, go to savethestorks.com. That's savethestorks.com. Welcome back. I'm Kim Roberts with my co-host Warren Smith, and you're listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Warren, we like to use this last segment as sort of a lightning round of shorter news briefs. What's up first? Well, a couple of items from the world of nonprofit management that I thought might be interesting uh, for those of our listeners who are in ministry management. First, a new study that found that people who attend virtual fundraising events are just as likely to give and give at similar levels to those who attend in-person events. But nearly 20% said that they preferred to participate in events in person, even when a virtual option was available. This survey also suggests that virtual events, even virtual fundraising events, are likely here to stay. Of those who preferred virtual attendance, 42% said that the reason that they liked such events was comfort, personal comfort, while another 24% said that the online option gave them the opportunity to participate with charities that were not in their geographic area. All right. You said there were a couple of items. So what's the other? Well, nonprofits appear to be recovering more slowly than the overall economy uh, through the first quarter of 2022, with almost a half a million nonprofit jobs still not recovered from the pandemic, while charitable giving is not quite keeping pace with economic growth rates generally. The quarterly report called The Health of the U.S. Nonprofit Sector Quarterly Review comes from the independent sector, uh, and it analyzes federal data from nonprofits to try to determine the health of the sector. It's not clear, though, if things might even out over time. Uh, Gross domestic product uh, grew 10 to 14%, depending upon who was doing the measuring in the first quarter. The nonprofit sector grew by about 5.5%, so at about half that rate. But the growth of the nonprofit sector stayed pretty steady during the pandemic while GDP numbers stalled and in a couple of quarters even went down significantly. So it may take another year or two post-pandemic to see how things are really shaken out. All right, Warren, any final thoughts before we go? Well, I hope you'll forgive me a bit of shameless self-promotion here, but I wanted folks to know that I delivered a speech to the Evangelical Press Association in Colorado Springs last week. It was titled, How Christian Journalism Can Save Evangelicalism. If you subscribe to the podcast, you can hear it right here. Uh, same place where you're listening to us right now. But I've also transcribed the speech, and we've posted it on the website, along with some graphics that I think will help the words come alive a little bit more. So you can go to ministrywatch.com, and it'll be right there on the front page. And a quick reminder that as we approach month end, that we are offering Randy Alcorn's classic 
book, Managing God's Money, as a thank you gift if you make a donation of any size to Ministry Watch during the month of April. Again, just go to ministrywatch.com and hit the donate button at the top of the page. Or you can text us a gift. Just text at Ministry Watch to 52014. Again, that's at Ministry Watch to 52014. Also, if you have a story that you'd like for us to cover or a ministry that you think needs a closer look, please email us. We get a lot of our story ideas that way. Our email address is info at ministrywatch.com. That'll come directly to my desk, and we'll take it from there. And finally, a reminder that you can help the program by leaving us a rating on your podcast app. The more ratings we get, the easier it is to for others to find us with their search engines. It's a quick, easy, and free way that you can support Ministry Watch. The producers for today's program are Rich Rosel and Jeff McIntosh. We get database and other technical support from Kathy Goddard, Stephen DeBerry, Emily Kern, Rod Pitzer, and Casey Suttoth. Writers who contributed to today's program include Ann Steich, Steve Raby, Roxanne Stone, Bobby Ross Jr., and Richard Levy. And of course, you, Kim Roberts. Special thanks to Religion Unplugged and the Nonprofit Times for contributing material for this week's program. You've been listening to the Ministry Watch podcast. Until next time, may God bless you. Mm-hmm.